Amen. 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 So uh, I'm going to have uh, Jared share something really quick. The Lord's been moving um, a lot behind the scenes. And the Lord's actually given Jairus a, a ministry here. She had a ministry here, but the Lord's given her something that's uh, really on her heart. And I really feel that it just fits what the Lord is calling us to do. And so, uh, so yeah, go ahead. Well, to kind of get into this, and I think it's kind of funny when a pastor gives another pastor kind of a little bit of space because you never know where it might go. But, um, <laughs> you know, we're talking about this one year, and God has been amazing. And as I look back, I have, God has blessed me with friends. Um, he's blessed me yeah. with a family. And it's just been really awesome to see what he's doing. And um, over the past few months, and I kind of shared this at um, Crestwood last week, um, God has really been teaching me to go back to the basics of just really Christianity and what he's really called us to do. Like, we make it into this really complicated thing, and it's actually really simple. Um, and in this, he said, okay, I want you to go to the Beatitudes. And I thought, Lord, that, that's really basic. I know the Beatitudes. And he's like, I want you to read through them. And I thought, okay, this will take me a couple weeks, you know, like, okay. Guys, I'm still on the second one, and I can't move past it. And I share this because it really goes into this ministry that God is just kind of birthing in my own life. Um, to mourn, and he will comfort you. And as I really studied that, I thought, Lord, I, I need to understand why I'm stuck here. Really, when you begin to mourn for the lost in your community, when you begin to mourn for those who are the least of these, Amen. it changes the atmosphere in your life. Amen. Amen. Right. Amen. In this ministry that God's calling me to do, it is to go out into Louisville, into the homeless communities, and just bring them some hope bring them some integrity back and um it's really quite simple very basic but it's just when we begin to mourn and we begin to cry out god help me love them how you love them amen help me see them how you see them break my heart for them the way yours breaks for them and when you begin to pray that out and live it out guys it has been overwhelming but amazing all in the same breath, and I can't wait to see what God is going to do. But with that, um, we're asking you guys to help us in this. We are asking for you guys to just donate um, just basic things, um, shavers, um, lip gloss, women. Um, one thing that really I feel, and we're going to do this probably late March, beginning of April, um, go out and just have makeup and give women makeovers and just have a day where they can just feel like, like women, you know, like, you know, just, so if you want to donate makeup, any kind of makeup you can think of, um, my friend who's actually here tonight, she's actually doing all this stuff to be a makeup artist, Amen. and she's volunteered her time, which is amazing, but uh, we just want to love on them, Amen. and let them see that God has not forgotten them, That's right. and so we're just excited, so we'll have two containers back there whatever you want to buy I'll have more examples of just I kind of put a couple together like I said shampoo conditioner um, nail polish lip gloss um, anything that you think wow that when I use this it makes me feel a little bit better anything that you can just give to um, just kind of help this and if you want to be a part of it come talk to me and we're gonna we're just gonna make it a thing where we just go out and love on people and um, just like God loves on us that's song 
He Amen. leaves the 99 to find us. That's yeah. right. right. So let us go out there and mourn for God's people and just love on them how he has called us to. And so that's just uh, Praise the Lord. That's my heart. So Amen. thank you guys. And just be praying for this. And yeah. God is just going to unfold so many things. So thank Amen. you guys. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yeah. So she got emotional. But, but we want to give dignity to people. Amen. Yes. And people deserve dignity, right? That's right. They deserve it. And, uh, and we believe that as we give, thank you, as we give people dignity, the Lord will allow us to minister to their hearts. And uh, we're very fortunate. We have a van that's been given to us. Amen. Uh, a van that go so we can go minister to homeless people from uh, Pastor Mark from Emporia First Nazarene. You guys know him. So, uh, yeah, giving us a van for free. Amen. Amen. And uh, Dr. Powell, I'm really thankful for you. Yes. Just the freedom you've given us. Amen. And to chase Jesus. <laughs> and uh, your support and your prayers. And uh, I was thinking of the time he texted a minute ago. He said he had a story of when we. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, is it, is it yeah, good? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Why don't you tell that one, Joy? <laughs> so, so here we are. And, and April, she's, she's Cinderella in my mind, right? And uh, she's a pretty girl. And we met Dr. Powell to interview with him to make sure, you know, he's making sure we weren't kooks and, uh, and we wanted to get a feel for the city. And uh, so we met Dr. Powell here in Louisville and he said, I'll drive you around, which by the way, several of you understand that's not a wise thing to ride around with Brian Powell. <laughs> so we went and he took, us to, he took us to this great place to eat on Bardstown Road and he's whipping and driving, and then he's like, here, you drive. And he pulls over and tells me to drive, and I can't drive either. <laughs> and she's in the back getting sick. And she, she, we had to pull over. She got so stinking sick. And like, like and lost her breakfast in front of the district superintendent who we're trying to impress. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you what though, she was so stinking mortified. And then we get in a car ride home, and she looks at me and like I'm I'm nervous because again she's a prissy girl. And I'm thinking, well, we won't be going there. And she looks at me, and I kid you not, this is the truth. This is the truth. She looks at me and she said, we're going to, we're going to Louisville. And she said, that man. That man, the first thing he asked me when I got back in the car was if I was okay. It wasn't you didn't laugh, you didn't, you weren't, and, and you didn't, you just acknowledged the issue and asked her if she was okay and offered to do whatever she wanted. And and that right there is what was like just completely sealed the deal in our minds. That that story is the truth. We talked about that numerous times over this last year. That how much grace you showed her in that moment. So anyway, so if you want to get a good job, you need to get sick in front of your boss. <laughs> Just kidding. So, so listen, God's really good, man. Uh, I'm going to. I, 
going to uh, share testimony and preach, share vision at the same time. So it'll be really weird. It won't be a long time tonight. I say that. Um, but I, I want to share what the Lord's done and then tell you where we're headed. Okay. I feel like the last year, truthfully, for some of us, we've relearned the gospel. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I just think we've been introduced to the gospel of the kingdom. Uh, instead of the gospel of salvation. Both are very important, but Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. And uh, so we've got a lot of really neat things here. Neil, I'm going to ask you to go through those real quick. We'll just go hit next, and then you can go sit down. I just want to, like, this space, like you come in here, it's really kind of pretty. It, it wasn't very pretty when we moved in here. And uh, so, yeah, that was that first by the way. So that was over there. Go back to the restroom real quick. <laughs> like you literally had to turn sideways. We moved the door. You had to turn sideways and shimmy to get in there. <laughs> and we don't encourage you to use that one during services anyway. But but anyway, you definitely wouldn't have wanted to then. Go ahead and just go through a couple more. Yeah, that, that amazing chair. We got rid of that, unfortunately. I don't know why. It was left here. That was the back room where the kids are. We were, Ethan was peeling off wallpaper one shred at a time, and I was, and we had some painters here, and Dr. Powell was here, and he looked at them, and he goes, he goes, how much would you charge us if you peeled all the wallpaper, and you painted this room, and they threw out some number, and he said, you're hired, without even thinking, because it was so low, it was a mess back here, man. This was the sanctuary as we're starting to get it together. Okay, one more. That's after we painted our ceilings because they were gross. <laughs> That's the walkthrough room right there where the fireplace is. Wow. But yeah, there's some real, and that's our first service. Amen. You just leave it there the rest of the night. I just showed you that. You know, the Lord just is into transformation. Yeah. yeah. You know, He likes to take dirty, beaten up vessels and use them for His glory. Amen. And uh, very thankful for that. Last year, we've seen people move here. I, I acknowledge the staff, Phil. We literally, April placed an ad on Craigslist. So we're looking for musicians. And uh, we didn't hear anything forever. And then all of a sudden, we had two emails back to back. And so April's like, we've got to go interview these people. We've got to go meet these people. And the first one, the first one, she didn't get to go on. And it was not Phil, okay? But the first person, I met with this guy. <laughs> I met with this guy. <laughs> I met with this guy, and she didn't get to go with me. And I was like, look, it'll be 40 minutes, and I'll be home. Like, three hours later, she's blowing up my phone, wondering where I am. <coughs> within, like, the first three minutes, I'm not poking fun, but it was fun. But within the first three minutes, this person proceeded to tell me on how he believed that that and I'm not making a political statement, that Trump and Hillary were actually aliens wearing Earth suits <laughs> that were from outer space. And I went through, yeah, I went. <laughs> so I was like, and so what do you say when someone tells you that? Like, I agree, because I, I want to hear more. And so, so, so I had like three hours of, of hearing these just amazing stories. But anyway, we figured he probably wasn't the right fit for a worship team. <laughs> Very next day, he met Phil. He didn't tell me anyone was an alien in an earth suit. And so I was kind of keeping it back. He's keeping it back. <laughs> Here wait until you get to know us. Uh, uh, 
You know, we also work out at Crestwood, and uh, we're working, uh, we'll be merging the two congregations here uh, relatively soon, and we'll have a lot more specific details pretty quick, but two churches becoming one, and really what you see, uh, a lot of them couldn't make it here tonight because of sickness, but um, actually all of them are sick tonight, which is kind of weird, but... Um, <laughs> We couldn't do what we're doing without them. We had an intern uh, this past year, uh, Emma. We were thankful to God for her. And we have another one coming this summer, praise the Lord. And Brett will be with us. We've seen people get saved. We've seen people recommit their lives to Jesus. We've seen people grow deeper in their faith. Um, we've seen people grow deeper in their faith. And it's been really neat to see people come on Friday nights. Because you have to make the decision to come to church on a Friday night. That's right. I mean, you want to be here. Um, we've seen many things. I actually keep lists of all sorts of things. Um, I won't go through all of them, but I want to tell you, we've seen the Lord do a lot of healings here. Yes. Um, I actually just got a message on Facebook today that it was one year ago this week that we had a young lady here that was visiting from Tribeca that God healed her of anemia wow. one year ago. And so for one year, she hasn't had to take the medication. She's been able to wear, it sounds so silly, but when you have afflictions or ailments, like it's a big deal. So so like for the last year, when it was hot out, she didn't have to wear a sweater outside because she was always cold Amen. beforehand. And uh, so everything's normal. We had some people, uh, the Lord touched a depression Someone was in a walker. Uh, Chrissy Patton was in a walker, and the Lord took her walker away. Back touched, legs healed, and just amazing stuff. And all those signs, uh, they're really neat, but what they do is they point people to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. You said it before, like when the Lord does a sign and a wonder, it's not so that we camp out at the sign and the wonder, it's so that we go to the destination, which is Jesus. So it's like when you're riding down the highway and you see a sign for a hotel, you would be an idiot if you pulled over at the sign, right? Yeah. And been like, I'm here. No, the sign points to the destination. And so when the Lord moves, it points to Jesus, okay? And so, so yeah. So I'm going to share from a passage here in a moment uh, that I actually shared our first night, um, a little over a year ago, actually, a year ago last week. Um, but I'm going to kind of walk through a couple of the points that, um, <coughs> oh, I'm just going to give me permission for this not to flow at all, okay? Mm -hmm. um, what are we about here? The Lord gave me three words. Um, like every church has mission and vision statements. Sometimes people spend all kinds of money and have it crafted, and it's just really, I'm like, why do you need to spend money for someone to tell you what you're about? I think you should ask the Lord, and he'll tell you. Right. And, and the Lord gave three very specific words that I felt like that we're called to do in this church, and I feel like we're just now starting to step into this, but the first one is to awaken. We've been called to awaken a generation. We've been called to awaken people, whether they are a believer or a pre-believer. We've been called to awaken them to right. the reality of the gospel, the kingdom of God. So with being called to awaken people, there are things that we value. We value revival at this church. Amen. Yes. I value revival. I don't know if you can tell, but we do. Uh, we need a revival in our country, yes. right? We need a revival in our homes. 
And, uh, and and we need the Holy Spirit to pour himself out like he's never poured himself yes. out yeah. like before. Amen. And then we need to steward that revival, yes. like do a good job listening what, to what God says as he's pouring himself out. So it becomes more than a revival to where it actually becomes an awakening. Amen. Because yes. an awakening actually changes the moral fabric of society, right? It does no good to say this needs change, this needs change, when there's not a high degree of the presence of God. And so we need a revival in our hearts and in the church that turns into something sustained long term. Like, mm -hmm. like my prayer, my prayer is that <laughs> my boy lives in revival the rest of his life and his kids live in revival the rest of his life. My prayer is that Brett, yes. you live in revival yes. and yes. your kids and grandkids so yeah. on and so Amen. forth that it doesn't change. That's what an awakening does. We value the word of God. So, so if it's in here, we believe it. Amen. <laughs> it's like, if it's in here, you don't have to talk me into it, right? It's just, if, if, it's just truth. And sometimes I'm like, man, Lord, I don't know. Like, I'll, I'll wrestle with God sometimes. I'm like, Lord, I know your word says this, but this is what I'm experiencing. And then that's where we need to say, I value the word of God. And I believe this more than I'm believing my circumstances. Amen. We talk a lot yes. about that. But we value what's in here. And it's not up for debate. That's right. By the way, if you argue with God, guess who's wrong? <laughs> not him. That's right. <laughs> So we value what's in here. Yes. And if it's in here, I want it in my life. Right. And if it's in here, I want it in my church's life. Yes. If it's in here, I want it in the people that God has trusted me to shepherd in your life as well. I want it to be the reality of our lives. Amen. So we place a high value on that. We value the Holy Spirit's movement. We give him permission to move. It sounds so silly. We sing songs like this. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Right? We say stuff like that. Then he shows up and we say, oh, you need to behave. Sit down and be quiet. Right. Give me a break. No, we value the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so I think this, by the way, I think you need to hear more from the Holy Spirit than you need to hear from me. That's right. Come on. Amen. You need to hear from him more than you need to hear from from April, April and Phil. You need to hear Amen. from the Lord. And so that's why sometimes we sing songs for a really long time, right? That's why sometimes that we have long altar times, ministry times. If the Lord's speaking, that's right. we value what he's doing in that moment. Amen. I just, I struggle Amen. saying, how, <laughs> this is just a side rant, but how, how can we tell, how can we tell the creator of the universe that exists outside of time that you have X amount of minutes to do something and then we're done? Come on. It's just silly to me, right? Come on. So anyway, I believe that any time we meet, the Holy Spirit will lead people into salvation and sanctification, holiness, and we believe that the Spirit moves in power, meaning that, that when the spirit moves in power, the things that we say is supernatural really is natural. And by the way, I believe this. The world is hungry for a supernatural move of God. Amen. All you have to do is look at popular culture. Look what's on television. I'm not bashing television, but it's all over. There's, there's like, I'm just, and again, I'm not railing against anything. But there's Sabrina, the teenage witch, and then there's all kinds of other types of shows where they are dealing with, with creatures and weird stuff, whatever. And I believe it is because they are hungry for the supernatural move of God, but this, we're allowing the world to potter people instead of the Holy Spirit. Wow. All right.
Romans 8.19 says, For the anxious longing of creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. All around us, people are waiting for something to happen. And, and, and they may not know what it is, but let me tell you what it is. I believe they are waiting for the sons and daughters of God to make themselves known. In other words, they are, I believe this is saying that, that all around us, you hear people saying, oh, life is awful, this is, right. this is bad, this is tough, or this politician did this, and we need this, this politician said that. And, and you know what I really think they're saying? I wish that the sons and daughters of God would just make themselves known because if they would make themselves known, everything that's going on that is wrong would become the right itself. It's just the truth. All of creation is groaning, right? We talk about that a lot. All of creation is groaning for the sons of God. All of creation is groaning with, with anticipation. In other words... All the creation needs to know that he is real. They, yes. just, they just don't know what they're asking for. Come on. It's like before you found Jesus. It's like before I found Jesus, I was looking for peace and comfort and, and, and acceptance, all these types of things. And, and so I would find that in a bottle, right? What I needed was him. Come on in there and sit down, Shane. Amen. Making me nervous, buddy. Sit down. <laughs> All around us, we see people hurting. We see people seeking. Again, we see the rise of the supernatural on television and entertainment. We see people looking for kindness or looking to be noticed. The world is waiting for the church to be the church. Yes. And rather than getting upset when they rail against it, think, well, you know what? They probably have a right to rail against it. But if we would just actually do what we are called to do, that maybe, just maybe, the Lord would begin to change something. Amen. By the way, and you've heard me, April gets on to me every time I say stuff like this. When I get home, she shouldn't have said that. I'm going to do it anyway, honey. <laughs> Following Jesus is more than wearing a pithy Christian t-shirt or putting a bumper sticker on your car. Right. And following Jesus is more than just sharing what Franklin Graham shares on Facebook, railing against someone. And I don't care, you know, whether you like him or not, it doesn't matter to me. There's more to it than that. Yeah. Following Jesus is demonstrating the goodness of God every single day of your life. Amen. You yes. All right. <laughs> that felt good. Didn't, didn't get the replies that I thought it would. Hey, listen. In Mark chapter 5 was the first passage I shared from when we came here. Or when we launched. And I shared the story of the demoniac. The guy that had... The guy that was possessed, right? And he was in a cemetery. He was cutting himself and he was naked in Mark chapter 5. So he was the definition of a hot mess, right? <laughs> And he comes, he comes, or Jesus shows up, and he runs and approaches Jesus. And actually, I'm going to read this verse. Uh, um, I'll read it in a moment. But he comes and approaches Jesus, and Jesus says, what is your name? And the guy answered, I am legion, for were many. In other words, saying he had like 5,120 demons inside of him. And, and just this really crazy story. And Jesus ends up casting him out, setting this man free. And, and, uh, and then you get to this verse 15. It says, they came. So Jesus sets this man free. 
15 says, They came to Jesus, observed the man who had been demon-possessed, sitting down, which is the seated revelation that we've talked about. It's all throughout the gospel that we need to get seated in a posture of rest with Jesus. So he was, he was, this is a man that was naked, that was cutting himself, that was screaming at incredible screams, and the people come and they find him sitted, sitted isn't even a word, seated <laughs> in a posture of rest. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Closed, so he's no longer naked. Anytime you're clothed is a good thing. <laughs> and in his right mind, which means this, it could loosely be translated that he repented of his sins. Amen. The very man that who had legion, they became frightened. So it's really crazy to me. It's really crazy that that. A bunch of church people come and they see someone who gets set free and they don't like the fact that he got set free. That's what's going on in this story. I'm just going to say we value people getting set free here. Amen. Yes. We should. We believe, I believe, there are no such things as a lost cause. That's right. I believe that we are called again to awaken a generation of believers. I believe we're called to awaken an entire city. And and I used to be hesitant to even say that because I'm like, look around, we're in a 1,500 square foot sanctuary. Like we're called to reach a city. How does that happen? It's the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's right. Amen. So how are we going to awaken a city? Um, next week, I'll get get my dates confused. We're starting a 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. prayer meeting. And I realize some of you can't come because of work. Some of you probably could come if you would just wake up earlier. And we're just going to cry out and ask God to move. That's it. Then we're just going to ask the Lord to move, ask the Lord to move and pour out his spirit. We're ask the Lord to bless the other churches in the area. Yes. It doesn't matter be what name's on the front. We just want the Lord to bless them and see the expansion of his kingdom. And so we're going to start crying out for his presence. We are also April 29th, which will be every five Sundays, or every five Saturdays. So that's the next month with a fifth Saturday. That's when we're going to do our prayer walk. And we'll walk the neighborhood, pick up trash, and pray for whatever needs prayed for. And again, ask the Lord to flood the place with his presence. And when we do that, it'll begin to change things. We already told you last week or two weeks ago that Ace Hardware is moving in across the street to something that had been empty for for six years. That's the goodness of God flooding the place. That's right. We're called to equip. We are called to equip. As a church, we're called to equip people. Lay people, and really, you're all part of the priesthood of believers. That's right. We're called to equip people and called to equip pastors. And um, and again, I just it's a really important thing. Look at Ephesians four ten. And I'm not railing against anything, but but one of the problems in the church at large is that we expect professional clergy to do ministry 
And can I tell you this? That following Jesus is a lot more fun if we all just do ministry. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Ephesians 4.10 And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for right here, verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the works of service. Or I think the NIV says to do the works of ministry to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to measure the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. And as a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by the craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking truth and love. We are to grow up I love this one. We are to grow up into all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part that causes growth for the body, causes growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So apostles, prophets, shepherds, teachers, evangelists, for what? For the equipping of the <coughs> saints. Yes. Saints. If you're saved, you're saint. Amen. Okay. For the equipping of the saints to do the work of service. The equipping, the word equipping means this, to bring into a condition of fitness. <laughs> now, I'm not going to say, I need you to come to church and get your leotards on and we'll do some 80s jazz exercise. That's not what we're talking about, right? <laughs> we, but, but praise God, right? Yeah. But we are, to bring into a, we are to bring into a condition of fitness. It actually equipping means perfecting. In other words, we are to get perfected in Jesus. Why? So that we can do the work of service which service means the task at hand. It means, it could be translated as waiting on tables. It, it, it means to do ministry, which means this, that you are to be equipped, brought into fitness, so that whatever task is before you or whatever person is before you, you can give them the Jesus that they need. Amen. For the building up of the body of Christ. Building up means the spiritual advancement of the church. This means, this means that we are all called to do the works of ministry. Yes. Our job here is to equip people to live, I believe this, to live as a walking revival. Amen. Now, I'm not saying you're all going to be street preachers. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying... That when the Lord sends someone across your path, be it the crying cashier, be it the co-worker that needs guidance or the co-worker that just needs a hug, whatever it is, that in that moment, you don't, what do I do? In that moment, you say, Jesus is good. Amen. He loves you. Why don't we pray about this? Amen. And just trust the Lord to do whatever he's going to do in that moment. Right. I promise you, he's going to speak to you. I found myself in too many peculiar situations not to believe that God will not show up in that moment. He will. He will every single time. Right. So our job is to equip you to do the works of ministry. We also believe that we're called to work with ministers, and we have some praying about coming and all kinds of stuff, and we have some of the pain. But 
We believe that they'll be trained in the gospel of the kingdom and sent out to either plant the church or Dr. Powell finds a church for them and wants to use them and place them in that, then so be it. That's what we believe God wants to do here. Amen. I'm, 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 I told April when we were called to plant the church, we are talking about like, you know, what do we feel led to do and what do we feel led not to do? And one of the things, one of the things that we really felt um, inclined One of the things that we really felt inclined was this, that we could no longer be part of a church in which the pastor did everything. That's right. And I don't mean because I don't want to work hard, but I just think it's really fun to see you guys do stuff. Nothing, nothing is more satisfying than when I get a text from one of the staff members or from one of our members saying the Lord led me today and I prayed with someone in public. Amen. Nothing is more gratifying than that. We want to teach people to walk in the power and authority of the gospel so that families, neighborhoods, and our city changes. Believe this, you are a walking revival. You have Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. Yeah. NLT says the expectation of glory. So here's how you're being equipped. Coming to church, obviously. Next Thursday and Friday, Dambo High Ministries will be here. And you will be equipped in that day and a half of ministry. You will be equipped. Amen. February 25th through 28th, Hal Perkins, no relation, will be coming to teach about discipleship here at this church. How we live out discipleship, and it's not actually some weird program. Uh, Jimmy Williams. Uh, we actually have a Bluegrass Awakening coming up at the 1st of March. March 1st, 2nd, 3rd. And then March 4th, Jimmy <coughs> Williams. Uh, really, he's become my one of my pastors, one I love dearly. He's going to come and he's going to speak into us on March the 4th. Dr. Rob McCorkle, my other mentor, will be here April 16th, 17th, and 18th to talk about intimacy with the Lord and the power of the gospel. The Seabrights will be here this summer. We're going to do a marriage enrichment weekend here uh, to equip you to have a Christ-centered marriage. And if you're not married, you can still come. It'd be good to have in the bank so you don't mess it up for like the first three years. And then Corey Jones will be here November 1st, 2nd, 3rd to teach us to become a, a house of prayer, sustaining Amen. and sustaining and, and creating a culture of prayer, really. And, and of course, we'll have all kinds of other things going on, but it's to equip us. Yes. And so that we don't just think that this gospel thing is hearing a message, putting money in a plate and going home. It's so much more than that. Yeah. Yeah. We want us to live this stuff out. Um, real quick, we're starting equipping hours. As soon as we, then when we merge with Crestwood, we're going to start Sunday mornings here too. So we'll do Fridays and Sunday mornings. We will have an equipping hour, not Sunday school. We're going to have equipping hours, okay? That hour, we're going to teach on several things. We're going to teach on intercession. Jerry's working on a course for that. We'll teach a discipleship course. Jeff is working on a holiness course. Amen. And then I've been working on basically living a supernatural lifestyle, like how to pray for people in public and see God move right then and there. 
and we'll be teaching you those things. And we're going to keep rotating those classes over the next few years. So it's like everyone gets taught the same thing, and if you've been through it once, you can go through it five more times. It doesn't matter. You're going to pick up something new every time. Amen. Keep it very simple. You will be equipped to do the works of ministry. I said this before, church. You can actually have as much of the kingdom of God as you want. That's right. It's like, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for you shall be filled. Now, the last thing, real quick, real quick here, is that we are ascending church. That's what God's called us to do. Um, the biblical term would be called apostolic, and not like weird apostolic, but apostolic. And apostolic simply means sent, a sent people. We believe God's calling us to plant churches, which is part of the reason why we're merging with Crestwood. We believe God's calling us to plant churches all around. Amen. We actually have like eight places that we are praying about right now on how we can put a church there. And a church yes. is where a group of people meet, there's a leader, and there is a vision, right? Mm -hmm. and, and there's biblical worship. So anyway, we want to start churches all around this city all around this city so it becomes a city for God. Amen. We also believe, I'm going to read this verbatim, we also believe that we'll send pastors and lay people around, again, to plant churches. I also believe that we will start businesses or people will and gain positions of influence so that the kingdom will be demonstrated around the metro area. All right. So now back to Mark chapter 5 real quick. This man that is sitting there, Jesus is like, by the way, it's really interesting to me. And let me look at this in Mark 5. I want to read, read one little word to you, and then I'm going to skip ahead. Mark 5. Da, 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 da. All right, so, so Mark 5, verse, verse 6, it says, Seeing Jesus from a distance, he ran up and bowed down before him. By the way, it says the, the word seeing means perceiving that there's something different about his life. The word seeing means it would be like this. It would be like if someone came up to you and they saw there was something different about your life and they said, I don't really understand what's different about your life, but I have to know what there is different about your life, all right? Why is it that you're always peaceful? Why is it you're always hopeful? Why is it all this, that, and the other? So anyway, the goodness of God inside of you draws people to you. That's right. So, anyway, so we get to verse 18. Flip forward to verse 18. So here's this man. He runs to Jesus. Jesus sets this man gloriously free. He was lost, but now he's found. He was a mess, but now he's got his stuff together, right? To, and get to verse 18. It says, as he was getting in a boat, the man who had been demon-possessed was imploring him that he might accompany him. And he, uh, this is heartbreaking. But Jesus says, and he did not let him, but he said to him right here, Go to your home people and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. In other words, what he does in you is ne was never meant to be kept to yourself. Right. Some of us need to start sharing that. Amen. I need to start sharing that more, what he's done for me. But anyway, and it says that he went along the way and began to proclaim in the Decapolis what great things Jesus had done for him, and everyone was amazed. So here's this man that was demon-possessed, naked, living in a cemetery, right? He is probably not someone you wanted your daughter to date, 
but he's living in this cemetery, naked, cutting himself, howling and screaming. Jesus sets him free, and he says, I just want to follow you wherever you go, Jesus. Jesus says, no, 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 you need to go back home and tell everyone you know what I've done for you. Let the transformation in your life be an example of what I can do in your life. And he sends them to the Decapolis, which basically means Jesus sent this man to ten cities. Let the people in the ten cities know what I've done in your life. And it says the people saw what happened and they were amazed. In other words, because one man that they thought was a lost cause got completely transformed, revival came to ten cities. Amen. Now, this is what we do sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, Jesus. Don't you think he needs to go to class? <laughs> Like, I think class is important, but I'm not, you know, or I don't know. This was that guy that did this. Well, he's changed. He's transformed. The old is gone. The new has come, right? right? And, and that speaks volumes to people. And, and so one man's life literally caused people to wonder, to astonish, and to marvel at the goodness of God. So how does that apply here? As we share the gospel of the kingdom, you're going to encounter people that are very different from you. They may not be living in a cemetery naked, cutting themselves, screaming, but they are probably the proverbial definition of a hot mess, right? right. I mean, truthfully, let's be really honest. Let's be really honest right here. Like, if we'd have saw this guy on the side of the street, it'd have been like, honey, let's get on the other side of the street, right? We would have avoided that. And then sometimes we'd even put our eyes down and not make eye contact with people because if you make eye contact, you got to talk, right? <laughs> what if we get equipped with the gospel of the kingdom Amen. and the people that we would typically avoid, we stopped avoiding yeah. and we saw as an opportunity to give Jesus away. Yeah. And then as we gave Jesus away, they got radically saved and transformed. And what if they got radically... What if you saw someone that's completely stoned out of their mind on, on, on the street corner, which is not out of the realm of possibility <coughs> in this city, right, because of the op opioid masses and all that type of stuff. But what if, what if you saw someone like that and the Lord prompted you and you were able to talk to them <coughs> and lead them to Jesus and, you know, whatever, something amazing happened, and that man goes back home to his wife and to his kids mm -hmm. and they had no idea where he had been two weeks, right? Let me say, what's, what's changed? You're clothed. You're in your right mind. And what if he said, baby, I am so sorry. Yeah. I met Jesus. Yeah, trying. And what if his wife and his kids get set, That's saved right. and transformed wow. because of the witness of that man's life? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you understand how big that is? Yeah. Like, <clears throat> I just think, like, I just think the gospel is really real. Yes. And these things are very possible. And it makes following him. It is fun to follow Jesus. Like I I'm, wake up every day with a sense of just like, what are you going to do today? Yeah. I mean, it's, what are you going to do today? Some of you, I, I say this all the time. Some of you are like, well, I'm, I'm very shy and I'm backwards. Well, I am too. Just wouldn't know it. <laughs> I 
equipped to do the works of ministry. You were at work and you saw your coworker who came in. You saw that they were crying or saw that they had been crying, you know, because the eyes are all puffy and swollen, right? Or maybe their mascaras ran, you know, whatever. What if you saw that and rather than just being like, how are you doing? And they're like, oh, I'm great. And you're like, well, great, because I really didn't want you to tell me how good, you know, didn't really want you to tell me the truth. Right. Sometimes we ask people questions. We don't want them to, want them to tell us the truth. Right. What if they said that and then we said, I think that's, I think you're lying to me. What's wrong? Jesus floods that room. Yeah. Changes. I'm just telling you, it's so much fun. I'm just telling you, it's so much fun. I've had to repent. Not recently. It was really about three years ago when my, I'm, I'm closing right here. I had to repent about three years ago, seriously, of my thinking. And, like, it's in, it sounds incredibly silly, but I'm just going to be really honest for a moment. Like, I used to think that I'd see revival because a lot of people come and hear me preach. So silly. I thought that'd be really satisfying God to be in front of a huge group of people and see you move and all this stuff. And you know what to me the most satisfying thing would be? To see you when you plant a church far exceed anything that we've ever done. Amen. 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 See Milton if he goes and pastors the church to see it go Try. blow up. It would be satisfying to me as if you call me and say, Pastor, I pray for someone today. Yeah. Praise God. Or you did this or you did that, and it's not you doing it, it's Jesus doing it in you and through you. That's what would be the most satisfying thing in the world. Amen. That's what we're trying to accomplish here. Amen. So I'm really thankful for what God has done. I'm very expectant of what he's going to do. That's right. And I don't say that because it sounds really good. Uh, I'm over that stuff, man. I want to see God move, transform the city. We'll see, Lord, transform your lives. Like what I pray for our, my people. It's Jesus' people, but it's my people. What I pray for my people on a day-to-day -day basis is, God, I pray they fall more in love with you today yeah. than they've Amen. ever been yeah. Yeah. I pray, God, that when they read Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitudes for the 879th time of their life, that it speaks to them more yeah. clearly than it's ever spoken yeah. to yeah. them. Amen. I pray, God, that as they're driving in their car, that your presence floods their car to such a degree that they have to pull over because they're afraid they're going to wreck. I pray that stuff. Amen. Amen. Because I know that when it happens, it'll end up spilling over into here in your day-to-day -day yes. life with everyone who's around you. Yeah. Amen. It really will. Come on. We just need more of Him. Amen. So, I'm done. I told you, I, I went ahead and apologized up front for not flowing tonight. 
I'm just very thankful for each and every individual Amen. in this room and those in the back and those that could not make it tonight that has been a very big part of this last 12 months. Yes. This is literally the beginning. Amen. This is literally the beginning. I don't know. I, I don't know many places where I have the freedom to stand up and say, "Someone had pain." And brother, you shared a few weeks ago you were hurting on your right side. And I don't know many places that we give permission to do that. I don't know many places that we give permission that I preach the same points over and over and over again, week in and week out. But and then I jokingly tell you, and Paul says, "That's to your benefit." that I'm writing to this to you again, and so it's to your benefit I'm preaching this to you again. Right. I don't know any places I would let anyone get by with that. That's because the Lord wants to do something really great. Amen. 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 So let's pray. Jesus.